What would you like your title to be in the podcast? Oh, oh, you mean like what this show is titled or my title? Your title. What is your title? Wife Extraordinaire. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Unfiltered with Matt Farnsworth. Okay. Let me just try to put on my, you know, sort of like different face. I'm not used to having someone on the show like with mm-hmm. me ever sitting yeah. with me, which is kind of it's awkward. A great No, it's a great test because I haven't done it. Yeah, here yeah. we are. Uh, you're on Unfiltered with me and my wife, Amber. We decided that it would be interesting to, instead of seeing me with my brutish tattoos and uh, my harsh demeanor at times to bring in some softness and light into the equation and sort of get, get a perspective on sobriety. You all know that obviously I talk about sobriety a lot. It's important to me. Let's just define sober. Let's define it. Sober is not having an intoxicated state of being. I've got a new sobriety program that I'm releasing. Actually, yes. it's just been released. Yeah. Excellent. Stay sober. Check for- it out. It's amazing. We did a lot of work. Like I did I did a tremendous yeah. amount of work on this. Not that I he poured his heart and soul into that, I will say. And he's really, really wanting people to uh, get sober. Yeah. So it's a good program. It's eight months of just pouring my, you know, 5 a.m. to 10 p.m. at night into it. And I, I just kind of wanted to have Amber on because... You were very instrumental in getting me sober. I helped her get sober. I mean, I did and I didn't. So when we met, mm-hmm. I had gotten sober. I'd been sober about, gosh... What had it been about two years, three years, two? That it was three. I think it was three. Well, yeah, because we didn't meet until 2018. Right. And then I got sober in 2014. So it was almost four years. Yeah. Because I'm coming up on nine years. Mm -hmm. And I'm almost at five. Yeah. So she's got five years. Almost. And that didn't, she wasn't a big, like, she wasn't a huge drinker around me. But when we first started dating, actually, you, you thought it would be boring. We had a date. But it wasn't a date? It wasn't a date. It was just like a hangout. <laughs> okay. You mean the dinner? The Shabu yeah. dinner? Yeah. Yeah, we were just hanging out. Okay. Well, that's how I took it. Yeah, I mean, I didn't really think much of it. Yeah, but... I didn't either. And then you told me your story, the whole story, for the most part. And well, I yeah. was pretty impressed because it, it there were a lot of similarities in your story and my story. I think we, we collided in that way. But you were still into, you know, having the warm hug, the drink that you, that you enjoyed. Like... I was still an alcoholic. Don't. I was an alcoholic. Okay. So people out there that have people that they're working with that are alcoholics, your spouse, you want them to quit drinking. You're not going to do it by, by browbeating them and telling them they really shouldn't be doing it. Mm -hmm. That's not going to work. No, you just, I just learned from osmosis. I saw that. I mean, I really, I have to admit in the beginning, I thought there was no way that I could date somebody that was sober. I was, uh, I was really questioning that. I really thought that that was going to be boring. Um, but you were really exciting. You 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 went out there and you you did a, you did a lot of fun things with me to show me that. And I didn't drink at any of those moments, so I was like, "Hey, you can." When you have drank fun. when we went to the fair, you had a glass of wine. That was our first like when we went out to a, an actual event out but, date, right? Yeah, but yeah. you were used to doing that. You mm-hmm. were used to it, and it was just one glass. It wasn't like a big deal. But it changed you. Like you, you were different. Well, and trust me when I say that I wanted more than just one, but I was trying to be good in front of you and right. act like I was under control. But mm-hmm. I really was 
I've been, I've been there. I mean, yeah. we, I think we've all been I there. I really wanted like four or five glasses of wine while we were there because they were like this big, but. Yeah, at the fair, they charge like $30 for like a, two ounces of yeah. wine. Um, so that was like four or five days in though, right? Yeah, I think and so. We kind of started dating, like we kind of like went to that dinner and then never separated. Well, I mean, backstory is I contacted you as a personal trainer. I wasn't going to tell that because so I it was fell really in love un- with my personal trainer. It's it w- very cliche, but I never brought it up. So for those of you that are working with somebody and you're like, okay, I'm in love with this person, they're fantastic. They're not really going over the top. I mean, this person's not getting trashed and like calling me names and getting dr- driving the car and crashing it. And it, she wasn't wrecking her life with alcohol. No, I knew that it needed to. I knew that it needed to be brought down at at best at the time. But let's be realistic, and you may or may not want to say this, but you've had big issues in your Mm -hmm. life prior to meeting me. You were tame in front of me, but what I have heard and what I have seen in the past is blackout, drunk, uh, really crazy stuff. I needed needed to have alcohol in order to have fun, and um, I'm sure a lot of other alcoholics can kind of (coughs) um, relate to the same. Hold on. wrong pipe okay okay they can kind of relate to the saying that um i never really fit in i never really felt like myself um and i always thought that i was more friendly and you know fun and energetic if i had had a couple of drinks because i just really wasn't comfortable in my skin but i'd never allowed myself to get that way because i had been drinking since i was 21. i didn't drink a lot before 21. I didn't have the fake ID. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of that. There were a couple of house parties that I went to, um, high school after high school that I'd have a couple drinks, but I'd never, never get drunk or anything like that. Um, but 21 was where I started hitting it pretty hard and going to clubs and ruined my life. Wouldn't you say though, that a lot of the choices that we make in our life, like, so I know because I know you, Mm -hmm. I know there's choices that you made Mm -hmm. that were how do I say this without bringing anything really personal up? Fueled by alcohol. So you're, you're a party. I just wanted a perpetual party. I wanted to have fun for like the rest of my life, drinking alcohol and blissfully unaware of reality. Yeah. So in a sense you were married (laughs) to a party. I was married to a party. Yeah. And that really didn't work out very well because you have to have love. And so alcohol kind of, I think for me, it removes that component. Like we don't need to have love if we have fun, if we have this, uh, divisive chemical that's going to make us feel like we're at least having pseudo fun when we're with someone, mm-hmm. then we're okay. I mean, how many of us have out there been with somebody that they wouldn't have been with or been intimate with somebody that they never would have been with if they hadn't had alcohol? They would never have done it. Mm-hmm. You would never have done it if you didn't have alcohol. Yeah. It happens. Um, For me, that was just like 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I get you. I did pretty the same much thing. Yeah. 20 years of my life. I can, I can look back and pretty much say, I'm not going to blame the alcohol. That was me. That was me drinking it. It was me partaking in that. That was me wanting to have fun all the time. And um, I think it, I think it's emotionally stunted me. I think I, I wasn't able to process even big questions like, you know, who should I marry and when should I have children and all that kind of stuff. I just kind of like floated through life 
unaware and not dealing with it like like I am now. For you. So you used it as a social lubricant, a personal relationship mm -hmm. lubricant. It got you through the day. Alcohol allowed me to work through that, I thought, um, and get to the other side where people are like, oh my gosh, you're fun. And you're- I used to get that too. You're like, this and, and you're that. And I'm like, oh, I like this way of people are, you know, th that people are perceiving me. It's a lot easier than hearing- Oh man, I thought you were such a bee well, when I first kind of, met you. You have to you. kind of be indoctrinated into it. So yeah. instead of just accepting that, hey, you're this person, you look this certain way, mm -hmm. you're blessed with that, mm -hmm. go with it, use it. I Instead, thought it was a curse. Yeah, you try to fit in. Like you try, I tried to fit which in. Which is so, so silly. But our parents have a lot of leverage in this department of teaching us what our value, right? Be and nice. Be nice to everybody. And I agree with that to a certain extent. Yeah, but I befriended people that literally told me from the very get-go, oh my gosh, I thought that you were such a bee the first time I met you. So, they said that to me. I thought you were a bee. And I was like, let's be friends. Yeah, instead of like, <laughs> Challenge okay. accepted. Yeah, like, I'm going to prove to you I'm not one. <laughs> so, How stupid. So you would go and drink with these people. So alcohol yeah. kept you in this. So as huh? we met, let's get back to you and I. Okay. We're digressing into child earlier years here. Let's go to you and me because really you you did it. Like you, mm -hmm. okay, let's just be honest. You were an alcoholic. You were you. Oh, I was beyond that. I I know. Now let's confess here the full the full shebang is prescription okay. drug and alcohol abuse and mm -hmm. mixing them. In my op opinion, I guess was mm -hmm. even better. I mean, if the if the bottle said do not mix with alcohol, that was like. It's on. A challenge yeah. to try and beat the system of big pharma. This means I'm really going to feel good. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I don't want to laugh. That, that was oh. not, It's not the right time to laugh at that. But that's that's how ridiculous I had gotten. Well, there's a lot of people out there in a lot of pain. And so I just want to say that that's not the way. You don't want to take that advice. It's not fun. Mm -mm. If I could do it all over again, I would never have picked up a drink. I picked up my first drink at 14. I threw up. I kept doing it. Mm -hmm. And it was through trauma. There was problems that I had uh, you know, with teachers and really deep stuff. But her and I met, and she was drinking a little bit. She was fighting it. But I just kept being positive with her. I, I was really like just kind of that shoulder for you. Yeah. I think in the beginning it was, you were cute. Cause you would, I would be like, you know, I just, I just want one glass of wine. I just really need that warm hug. And you'd be like, you know, give me that look like, mm -hmm. I guess, but it was parental. I've heard about your past and I'm yeah. like, okay, I didn't want, I never came out and said, you're an alcoholic. You need to stop. Well, one night you did, but it was, it was but after, it was way after. Okay. So yeah. that was because one night at Thanksgiving with your mom there, you managed to pound almost a bottle of wine. Your face blew up. You were bloated. You were like, you look like you'd been stung by a bee. Mm -hmm. My eyes were You could were hardly breathe. Even. Yeah. <laughs> you were just, you were a wreck. And the next day you were like, not there. Yeah. You were not there. Yeah. And I was like, okay, is this finally going to be, because she'd never gotten that smashed in front of me before. No. I don't think so. And so you were a little bit smashed and the night didn't go like it normally did. Normally we have this really great night of, you know, we hang out, we're watching TV. We're, yeah. All this stuff, right? We got like this routine and that routine was gone. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wow, I'm just going to kind of guess roll over, put the pillow uh, over my head and just go to sleep because she's done. She was passed out. And so the next day you were up and you kind of, that was when you started getting the tremendous anxiety. Mm -hmm. 
I started noticing it because there were long pauses in between drinking. So it was, it was like I would go, you know, a month without drinking and then I would have that glass of wine, you know, and then I'd be like, wow, I'm, I'm really messed up. Like I had, I would have the headache. I'd be trembling, like that feeling of like trembling with anxiety, like the, the, you know, the flutter in the stomach was so harsh that you were like shaking almost like a caffeine shake. So we but know, it, we know that the cortisol levels. Yeah get spiked. So if you're a person that hasn't had a drink in a month, you drink, you know, throughout that entire month, at least for the first two weeks, your cortisol levels are going to spike. You don't have to drink every day for it to be a huge issue for your health. So you'd start, she'd start to get on track, I would assume, mm -hmm. where you're feeling like you're sleeping better, things are going better. Mm -hmm. You have this big Thanksgiving, you know, get smashed moment. Yes. And then everything kind of just came into focus, didn't it? Yeah, it's, I started to notice the real physical effects of the alcohol. Mentally, not yet. Not yet. I think I was still kind of riding the wet brain wave. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, and then it took me a couple more months. And I remember I told you at one point, like, I think I'm just going to stop. Mm -hmm. I think I'm just going to stop drinking because I'm noticing that I'm just, just not treating me the same. It's not even giving me the warmth and the you know, the, the niceness, I actually felt, I didn't feel good. And so I stopped June. So it still took me a little while, but completely stopped in June yeah. of 2019. And I remember you for a month or two, maybe a year saying, I'd really love a glass of wine. There were times you'd be like, Oh, I just want, Oh, I that wine. You'd see it on TV. So it looks so good. Yeah. Yeah. And then I would think about all of the things that had gotten me to that point and it just wasn't worth it to continue on that track and plus you know we have kids and i wanted to set a good example for them and i saw what what an example you were to your children after falling your your fall mm -hmm. and um i wanted to be that for the kids too because you know eventually we ended up having your kids 24 7. yeah and then much later I mean, my we kids had are in were intermittent um but now we have the older ones 24 seven. And I, I knew that that was a big responsibility being a step parent and I didn't want anything kind of like shrouding that or getting in the way of that. And I knew that the alcohol was doing that. There's a statistic out there and I believe it's relevant now. Mm -hmm. Couples that drink the same amount often have a better chance of staying together. Mm -hmm. Couples that don't have a more likelihood of becoming separated or divorced. Okay. So that's a fact. Mm -hmm. That's how powerful alcohol is. Well, I could see it not working if one of us was and yeah. the other wasn't. I wasn't at a point where I was going to say, I can't do this. Mm -hmm. But like when you were getting smashed on Thanksgiving, I was like, oh man, this is hard because I'm smelling it. Mm -hmm. You're kissing me. You're bringing it around. It's in the house. Mm -hmm. And it was just there. It became accessible to me. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want it to be a part of my life, but I also didn't want to stop the relationship because I felt like there was going to be a change. I kind of knew it. I kind of saw it coming because I'd heard about their past. Mm -hmm. And I was actually pretty shocked that you were still drinking. Oh. Like I was. Like I was still, I was kind of shocked. I was like, wow. I mean, our whole life has been destroyed by alcohol. Like, I, I was an alcoholic. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I, I was surprised that, I, but I, I also knew that there was a, there was a, a light at the, uh, uh, you know, 
light at the end of the tunnel where mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is going to work for her. Uh-huh. She's eventually just going to like, she's going to see me living this way, happy, enjoying myself, not having to drink, not worried about it. I mm-hmm. mean, I would prefer food any day. Oh yeah. A good meal mm-hmm. over alcohol. Absolutely. And even now, like just the thought of it, when I see people drinking it on TV, I'm just like, oh, or in a movie. I see them just at, pretend like they're even pounding whiskey and I- Oh yeah. I get the shutters. I'm like, oh, especially when they're doing it straight. It's meat. gross. It's gross. Yeah, I can't um, do that. But I, I will say you did a really good job stopping and no AA, didn't need it. You just went right for it. You like, you well, said, I'm going to quit and you just stopped. I had you and then I also like just for your viewers to understand also my health issues, I have um, a few autoimmune disorders and I knew I wasn't doing myself any favors trying to work out and get healthy and 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 I had I had this one illness that just really set my autoimmunity into overdrive. That's bad. <clears throat> While we first were together dealing with all these other things, I was really really sick and I really wanted to get back into a healthy place and I knew that drinking wasn't going to get me there. She she's being really kind. Like when we first got together, we had people that were stacked against us that were attacking us 24/7. I mean, we did not have it easy. Mm-mm. Nobody wanted us together. It was hard in the beginning, but we never wavered. Like the second we were able to get a place together, it happened. The second that she was cut off. And that was also out of necessity. Yeah, but I mean, she was cut but, off financially. The second, the second that she was, you know, dating me, everything that every bit of help she ever had from anyone was just cut off. Mm-hmm. She just got ripped apart. A lot of people, a lot of my friends were always like, dude, just like keep having fun, man. You know, you got out of the last marriage, it's over. And, and you know. <laughs> I think we were also really hesitant because we'd been through a lot. And But I think what we went through bonded us because there were a lot of similarities laced through your story and my story, tons of similarities. And so we were able to be each other's like, you know, rock in a sense. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other things tr- trickled down from that, I think. I went to a rehab that was across the street from where we met to have that first dinner we talked about. Mm-hmm. And before I met her for that dinner, I walked over to that rehab. I, I drove over there and I walked up to the, the hallway. It was really a 70s funky retro not rehab. in a good area. It's not in a good area. It wasn't not a good rehab. A good and I remember you telling me Oh my gosh, that's where my ex was going to go. Yeah. Or it would have been mentioned. It had been mentioned. And he was like, I can't do that. It's not nice enough. Yeah. And this was one of those times in my life where I had always had means, but this time I didn't. Like when I got into that accident, I was living in a residence inn. I was a step away from homeless. Yeah. It was real close. Mm-hmm. And then when I got in that accident, it was like, well, where are you going to live? Rehab's looking good. <laughs> I'd, I'd prefer that. So I was humbled, yeah. you know, and I think that changed everything for me. I don't think I'd be in this relationship right now if I wasn't humbled at that time mm-hmm. and able to say, I'm not the most important thing here. Mm-hmm. And so I think that kind of got you a little excited though, where you were like, that's really interesting. I can't explain it because in the beginning, even though my brain was saying, this is like, this is boring. You've never done this before. Like a non-drinker and mm-hmm. a guy that doesn't party. Like, what are you guys going to do? What do you even have in common? Yeah. And for some reason, every step of the way, I always felt like there was something else telling me like, everything's going to be okay with you. For some reason, I've never dated anybody that made me feel this calm, 
everything's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. Even at times where I was like, how is this going to be okay? It just ended up being okay. And I, you know, again, I had to do a lot of growing up and a lot of emotional, like we, we've been through a lot together. Yeah, there. it really was sort of like stunted growth, I think, from the alcohol use and the partying. I think it does, like you said. Oh, I was completely stunted. emotionally stunted. I had no idea how to handle, be be an adult and handle things in an adult way. And I will even, like, I even look at myself as being a child, even up until about 36, 37, because I just couldn't take responsibility for anything. And confronting those difficult um those difficult themes in your life that come up and they look at you and they go, okay, I'm going to test you right now. A lot of times when you've used alcohol and drugs, you back away from those. And mm -hmm. so you never grow because you never overcome that challenge right. that has been presented to you. You go straight to the alcohol. Mm -hmm. It numbs you and you're like, okay, I'm fine now because I've had a couple of drinks. You but never deal with it though. You never deal with it. And so I had like a Santa bag filled with mm -hmm. emotional baggage and problems and stuff. And you know, I, I had to work through them all. And I, like, you're right. I didn't have rehab. I didn't have AA. I mean, you taught me some things, some coping mechanisms, some things that I was going to face, like, you know, pause and, um, you know, the pink cloud and all these terms that I'd never heard before. <laughs> you went through it all. <laughs> I did. Um, but being on the other side and being almost five years sober now, you had told me just wait until you get to five years. Yeah. And all of a sudden you have this, mm -hmm you know, a moment where your head finally is exposed and you're, you know. Yeah. A lot of people have a hard time with that in recovery. I've got a lot of people that I know in the sobriety community that are two, three, four years sober and they're trying to sell their sobriety and no offense to you people out there that are trying to do that, but you do not know what you're doing. And I would agree with that. Not, not from a, that standpoint, you can't but teach just people. myself yeah. knowing what I went through. Um, I didn't start really getting better until about a year ago emotionally. Yeah, because it's the old saying in AA. I think AA is great. Mm -hmm. I think it's a bit antiquated. I think it could use an update. But the old saying that your head finally pops out at five years couldn't be more more real. Yeah. That is the truth. Mine popped out. I was like, oh my gosh, one day I just saw the light and mm -hmm. I went, I can never do that again. And that's because you spend those four years and before you get the for the five, to the fifth year, you start to see all the cycles in your life mm -hmm. that you went through and you start to break them. But it takes time to break all of those cycles that yeah. you've been in because you've avoided them over mm -hmm. and over again. And then you actually discover who you really are. And that has been that's been the neatest thing for me is discovering who I am without, you know, feeling the pressure. I mean, I've really allowed myself to not be around a ton of people, to not have a lot of outside influences. I got off of social media because I didn't want to compare myself to people. Um, I'm not, I don't really like social media that much anyways. Um, from a, like me putting myself out there, I'm pretty private. So this is actually a step in a different direction for me. Um, but you know, I didn't want a lot of outside influences. I just wanted a chance to be me. And I went to therapy. And after therapy, I really started to get more into um, our faith. And, you know, Jesus has helped me so much in the Bible and learning about, you know, how I'm supposed to be as a Christian. That's been a, a huge, profound change in me as well. And I just feel like my growth now is just continuously expanding and getting bigger. Yeah, I, I think there's a point where you you 
it's just like Romans one sixteen, and I, I won't go too far into the gospel, but you know, for I am not ashamed of the gospel. Mm-hmm. You know, for it is the power of God through salvation for everyone who believes. When you're not afraid anymore, in that fifth year, you're not afraid. No. You become unafraid mm-hmm. of life. Like this is life. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, I wasted a lot of time, mm-hmm. but here I am. And the trivial stuff kind of melts away, and you're just like you're just real. You're just there. And it feels really good mm-hmm. to be present in the present moment because you know that at any time you could be taken. And when you have that appreciation, that gratitude that comes in over time mm-hmm. for life, when you start living it the right way. See, when you're living in for lack of a better word, sin for people to understand when you're living a life that is not your own, that is not what is desired by a higher power. You Mm -hmm. are giving up that power and you're living a life that's either in the past, what I did last night or the the terrible things that I'm embarrassed about, or when's the party going to happen? Yeah. But you're never really here living in the present moment. No, no. And so I think that's where, you know, you change the most is, you used to have a lot of focus on the past when we were an event would happen and it would be tremendous. It'd be this thing that I know exactly was not what you're thinking about. Too. It wouldn't be that big a deal, but you know, you'd be on the bed crying and you couldn't get out of bed. You were just a mess. And I'm like, yeah. this is just a little thing. Don't worry about it. Like it's, let's just go have some fun. Yeah. There's no reason to let this happen to you because this person is doing this for this reason. And you are buying into this. And this was a cycle. Yep. And when you got and sober, the anxiety would come on and I would be frozen in anxiety. Mm-hmm. I would be, incapacitated and then I would get um, these little blips of depression and but anxiety has been something I would I dealt with my whole life and to be honest with you now that like I think about the two to three year mark that started to become less and less and less and now I never get anxiety like I get the tiniest bit you know, I just, the tiniest bit, like we're going to get on a plane and but sometimes normal planes anxiety. don't make me feel all that great. And I get a little, ugh, you know, cause I don't feel good or, mm-hmm. you know, like a couple of times when I've had to appear in court, um, for, you know, various divorcee child custody things like that gets me a little like icky because I have to deal with all of that stuff all over again. But then as soon as it's done, it's gone where before it would linger for days afterwards, I would just be like, you know, and then it would take over my life. And now I'm just like, "Eh, whatever. Yeah. The the (laughs) obsession, you're able to lose that obsessing Mm -hmm. over what's going to happen because you know that you don't really have control over it. And then you also don't ever want to be in something secular again. You're like, I just need to let let go. Let's just let go. Because you know you're giving yourself trouble, but Mm -hmm. she really would in the beginning. I'm a control freak. I was a control freak over everything. And it was the funniest thing because I was probably the most out of control person that was trying to be controlled (laughs) that you could possibly imagine. And it it just nipped me in the buns every single time. But that's how alcoholics are. It beat me up. And I just, I needed to learn I needed to learn lesson after lesson after lesson in order to get to where I'm at right now. So if you're not, if you're trying again or you've tried several times, don't give up. I mean, I, there were times where I just thought, I, you know, I throw in the towel. I just would love a Xanax well, or give yeah. me a glass of wine and so I can get through this situation. But I was able to get through it. And then every single time I got through it, I got a little bit more under my belt, a little more confidence. And then I, you know, now I'm like, pfft who was that girl? Like, how did, how did I not, how could I not take care of those things that I needed to take care of? And why did it destroy me in the way that it did? And now I, I feel like I can tackle almost anything. 
Um, so you're doing better. Yeah, a lot better. No alcohol is a good thing. Yeah, it's it's really been good. Well, I'm glad you came on to talk today. I have no idea if you out there will find this um, impactful or helpful. I hope so. I thought it would be. And this won't be maybe the last time that I bring her in maybe once a month just to chat about sort of where we're at personally, how our life is, which we didn't touch on that, but we're pretty good. Or maybe just, you know, inspiring people to stick with it. You know, it's really hard. And when you don't, I didn't, I don't like have a community of, you know, 10 sober girlfriends that we all hang out and bounce ideas off of each other and that sort of thing. You know, I mean, I have acquaintances, but I don't, I don't. I think a lot of people believe they need that in the beginning. I think support is important. Well, that's what I was getting at. You know, like maybe this can be supportive for people that don't have a lot of support. You don't, I don't want to say you don't need it because in the beginning I did. I needed the group support. Hey, some of these videos that other people have put up, I found inspiration about, maybe it wasn't even about alcohol. It was just sticking with something or, you Mm -hmm. know. And, and and that helped me that day or at that time in my life. So you never know. The biggest thing I would repeat to her when she first got sober over and over again was, God grant me the serenity oh. to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. I always tell her the wisdom to know the difference. Yep. You're trying to control something. You don't have any control of it. It's going to drive you mad, sweetheart. Mm-hmm. She'd be like, I just... But, you know, but this, she'd have all these Hey, but I'm not the control freak I used to think no, I was. No. I, I've let go of so much and, mm-hmm. and now I'm just like, okay, you're in the driver's seat. Like, I'm just, I'm just the passenger now. You, you still nice. want, I mean, you still want answers for certain things sure. that you maybe don't need, but you're getting to a place now where you're like smooth. Like you don't have the same bumps you used to have and you're close to five years. And now it's like so smooth for mm-hmm. both of us in our life. We're like, rocking and rolling. We get along pretty well. When, yeah, we do. When we don't have the big, you know, blow up fights. We don't have a lot of, we don't really we, like drama. We've had, we've had disagreements, several. Yeah. And we've gone at it uh, with each other. But I will say the one thing that I like about us is that we always take from that, learn from it and grow. We don't go back and keep making the same. We never have the same argument. No, we don't. We've never had the same argument ever in no. our entire life. No, we've just keep, we keep, we have like these little things Mm -hmm. and then we're like, okay, that we worked that up. We're not going to go back there. Yeah. And we don't have to go into the, into depth about what we decided on, but we made something the core of our relationship to begin with. And we can go into that another time, but it really worked. Maybe people want to tell us whether or not they want to hear that. Yeah, maybe they can. So let us know if you want to hear what we did to sort of make this all work. But it's this, it's this, it's the background of everything. It's like it's the centerpiece of our relationship, and it has brought us closer together. And the closer we strive to achieve that centerpiece and live like that centerpiece, the better we are. Well, the better our whole family has been. Yeah, everyone's been better. Even the kids have benefited from all of this. Right. I think. I do too. All right. Here we go. Bye, everybody. Bye.